I'm still I'm still talking with this uh, sick voice, so uh, I really do miss my my regular voice because this is just so scratchy. And I'm gonna work through this, and we're gonna make it. So, <laughs> okay, so we're gonna talk about the wrath of God today. I grew up thinking that it had something to do with God being angry. Maybe it was something to do with. Uh, judgment and being forceful and just destructive. And the movies that I saw was all about, you know, destruction and, you know, disaster films. And, but I think we will start to see a different picture of what God's wrath is when we connect it to God as a God of love. Yeah. So our verse today that we're working out of again is in verse 18. It says the wrath of God. That's the phrase that we're working on today is being revealed or is revealed against uh, from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Or we could read it a different way, against all godlessness and wickedness of men. That's God's reaction to those things. There was that whole uh, 2012 movie, like with the earth is being destroyed and all right. this kind of earthquakes and the whole world is kind of falling apart. Of course, it's a disaster film. And, and they had this really, you know, kind of convoluted storyline about how the earth was going to end. And it's like this Mayan prophecy. And, but really, that doesn't have anything to do with how God's wrath is portrayed, at least biblically. Yeah, we do this a lot with um, when we're reading about God, we tend to humanize uh, the words. So if I would think about wrath in my understanding of in human nature, you know, I, then, then I would, it makes you nervous to think about somebody who has, is full of wrath, right? And, uh, but God, we can't think of this in human terms. This is the wrath of God. And so it's, it's different than, you know, sinful human wrath that we experience day to day. So we need to explain the word wrath. Uh, in terms of uh, from God's perspective. Uh, when the Bible um, speaks of God's wrath, we can't think of it from, a, from the perspective that we do as human yeah, beings. From Hollywoods. Hollywoods yeah. uh, or some books or some fictional account of what it would look like. It's not some emotional anger or like, if a, uh, like with a two-year-old, the loss of self-control. Or even the way that other gods are portrayed, you know, you have right. Zeus and the wrath of Poseidon and the fury of the sea and the Greek way that it's portrayed. It's not being uh, delivered out of an emotional reaction to someone who's against him. That's not it. That's not the biblical definition of wrath. In fact, um, what we're reading right here is one of the finest, probably most defined way of thinking of God's wrath. Uh, but, you know, honestly, Andrew, we, a lot of people think of, they read the stories of the Old Testament and they think of God as a God of wrath. That is to say, it seems like a lot of people uh, died in terrible ways in the Old Testament. And so they think of this as how God deals with uh, people who don't, he doesn't agree with or don't agree with him. So when we see people out there who are down on their luck, who are facing uh, financial and 
physical difficulties. Is that what we're talking about, God's wrath? Are we wrong to think that uh, God is somehow punishing them? Uh, yeah, I think that that's something that we need to deal with because a lot of people feel like God is punishing them when they're going through those things. But the reality is God's wrath is really just his hatred for sin. It's just how he feels about sin in the world. And there's a reason for that. And we talked about it in, the, in our last time together. And that is because God is love. His very nature is love. And, and sin, the Bible teaches us, separates us from God or his love. It has, and so God, he, he doesn't hate the sinner. He hates the sin that separates them from him. You know, we, we say that almost as a cliche. Yeah. Maybe, maybe just because I've heard that phrase so much, I've, I've become kind of numb to it. But how do we really understand what that means? That God really truly loves us, but the state that we're in, which drives us to act in a certain way, is what God is concerned about. But if we would only reconnect with him, and, and understand that he wants to reconnect with us, then that would completely change everything. So, so really what we're saying is that, is that his wrath happens, occurs when there's that separation between us. Yeah, and, and that's because we recognize that at the great lengths that God has uh, gone to, to save us in his son, Jesus Christ. We talk, we've talked about the gospel and the life the, and then the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and what he had to go through in order for us to be uh, received uh, eternal life and redemption. And the only thing that stops that process is if we allow sin to reign in our lives and not make the choice for Christ. And so God's hatred for sin is the fact that he wants to be with us and sin separates us from him. And so, you know, it's the, it's, it's the, it's his antagonist, so to speak, that uh, he hates so much that his wrath is against it. And so uh, the Bible teaches in first Corinthians chapter 15, verse 56, it says the sting of death is sin and the power of the sin is the law. So sin kills it kills you and me. And God hates sin because he loves us. So sin, sin for me is the, the black hole of selfishness because to be opposite of God's love is to be selfish. And the only thing that you care about when you don't have God's love is yourself. And so the way that you operate is you're, you're this pit of greed and all these other things because you have to maintain and, and, and take care of who you are and your own needs. We see that that is the way that the world operates. So we're, but we're not saying that God's wrath is necessarily upon us right now because we feel separated from him and we feel like God is angry at us. No, uh, God's wrath is, is, is the fact that we allow, we if, if we haven't allowed uh, Jesus to come into our lives, then we are indeed separated from, from God. And that, that sinful condition that we find ourselves in will lead to death. God hates the fact that that is occurring because he loves us. The, the problem for us, and especially as we do this, we engage in city ministries 
and we see sin abounding, like, you know, it's all around us, right? Is, is that we human beings have a difficulty separating the sin from the sinner. It's just really hard for us to see uh, people as God sees them. And uh, so when somebody does something bad or sinful, it seems easy to look down on the individual. God actively makes that distinction uh, because he loves us all. Whether we're sinners or not sinners, he loves us still. He hates sin in us because it's going to take us away from him ultimately if it stays. So he hates sin because he loves the sinner. Sometimes human beings, when we hate sin, we sometimes hate the sinner too. Yeah, I've come across folks who will ask if, oh, what, what's the unpardonable sin? Because I think I've committed it. I feel separated from God and I'm, and I'm worried. And yet, even just asking that question shows that something is pricking their conscience to where they can actually ask that. Because people who don't want to have anything to do with God, they don't, they don't ask. That's right. So the wrath of God and the unpardonable sin, they are they're closely linked because when the, when the wrath of God is upon you, that means you're, you really are separated from God to the point where you are not thinking about God in, and being a part of, of him or what God can do for you and how God can help you. So one of the things we need to keep in mind here is, is that the Bible teaches that God is love, right? And it also teaches that God is life. He gives life and he sustains life. And so when we are separated from God, we're separated from his love and the life that he chooses to give us. That's the wrath of God is, is being separated from the goodness of who he is and the fact that he loves us unconditionally and the fact that, but recognizing that, that it's the choice is on our side of the equation. Like we're saying no to God, it's not God saying no to us because the Bible also teaches that he's always at the door waiting for it to be opened. So we can receive those blessings from him. I mean, the Bible teaches that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He loved us all. His wrath only comes when we make a decision to say no to him and his righteousness and his goodness. Now, I, I don't want to get too much into end times and the, and the judgment, but we, you know, it comes up when we, when we think about God's wrath, people will automatically think about uh, fire, hellfire, and, you know, that, well, that's, that's a picture of God's wrath. God burning people alive and some thinking that, well, that's going to be forever or that that's going to be an occurrence that is, is a picture of that wrath. But actually people can experience wrath even before that. Yeah. And they do in their lives. In a, we talked last time about a cascade effect it has in their lives. Because remember this word, the wrath of God is the Bible's teaching is it against two things. It's against ungodliness or godlessness and unrighteousness or sins in a person's life. And so, um, you know, in terms of ungodliness, God's wrath being against ungodliness is that you could take that in two ways. It could either be that you're understanding it in the light of that basically you are not like God or you are unlike God. That's one way of understanding it. But there's another way of understanding it, and that is, is that we continually reject God in our lives. 
So we, from both of those perspectives, we persistently decide to, to live without God using our own free will. That's ungodliness. But also a description of who we are as not being like God. The word is used in both ways. And so on, God's wrath comes against both those situations. And then also against the unrighteousness that results because of that in our lives. So it's all about sin, whether it's conceived within our minds or, you know, or, or we're acting upon it and how that separates us from the love of God and the life of God in us. So we're either going to dig ourselves deeper into a ditch or constantly help others to come out of that ditch because both of those perspectives, uh, both of those lifestyles, either unrighteousness or righteousness, they, they, they constantly grow. I'd much rather focus on how God grows our character in righteousness. And the Bible is just full of language about how there's a process of growing up into Christ. So if we were going to take a look at the wrath of God more from like a chronological, like a timeline. So it starts at the fall of humanity in Adam and he becomes ungodly because he is separated from God. And because of that, you know, he doesn't have that relationship with God anymore in the way that he used to. Humanity then has to resort to new ways of doing things and understanding the world because of that disconnection, that separation. And so, but that leads to further unrighteousness. Yeah, because we're disconnected, that we're not like God or God's not in us, then we are, there's a, because we're sons of Adam, our natural compulsion is to go down this tirade. We're going downstairs and our lives become more and more embroiled with sins that compound upon themselves. That's Romans 1. It teaches that towards the end. It's just a compounding effect of unrighteousness or sin in our lives. It, it doesn't have a stasis. It doesn't stand still. It's, it's, a, it's a rolling ball down a hill. And the only thing that can stop that rolling ball down the hill is... You mean a snowball effect? Yeah, a snowball effect. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's, you know, the only way that that stops from a spiritual perspective is God saying it's done. That happened through his son, Jesus Christ is when we realize that we're out of control. God takes us from a terrible situation and he says, it's over. It's you are safe in me now. And, and life and love begin to be restored into our lives and it begins to change who we are. In fact, the Bible goes as far as to say he begins to impart in us the divine nature, the very, his very character begins to be imparted into us. So we become more like him. And so it's just as a miraculous thing God has done for us. In summary, kind of the, the wrath of God is how he hates sin and he hates sin because he loves us. And secondly, it's, it's that God's love is hatred for unrighteousness, sort of the result of our uh, unbelief or ungodliness, because he knows that the moment that you reject him, you've rejected life. And he doesn't want that. He wants to live with us for eternity. He, he hates ungodliness because he can't save us while we're in our ungodliness. God desires to be with us because he loves us so much that he goes to these great and incredible lengths to 
redeem us back to himself, reconciliation. he is a gentleman, he allows us to really bring this upon ourselves because if we're the ones who deliberately say no to him and reject the kindnesses that he's shown us in multiple ways, maybe to the people in our lives and the circumstances, this is nothing that, that God is actively trying to force us into. You know, he's not trying to bring any ill will upon us, but he is allowing us to experience the fruit of our own choices and, and poor decisions, the, the fruit of unrighteousness. And interestingly enough, God is so desirable for, because I mean, we're sort of, you got to look around today and how the world is and it's embroiled. It, I mean, we're in the thick of sin, you know, it, it, it's all around us. And yet God says, I'm going to reveal this truth to you because I want to make you free. And he does it. He does it. You, you meet people along the way in your life that you just know that, that Christ is in them or something. To, I, I don't think the average person knows that, but they look at somebody and they say, you know, there's something different about you. Somehow you have a peace in the, in the midst of this storm. And I want that for myself. And that opens the door to teaching of Jesus and of God and of what they've done on our behalf and how they have chosen instead of um, uh, just letting you slip off into eternal, you know, oblivion, so to speak, that they've chosen to redeem us uh, from the choices that we've made in our past and that our sins are forgiven and that indeed we have just the opposite available to us, eternal life with him. Eternal life is spent with God who loves us so much. What a wonderful thing that God has done for us. It's just incredible. Next time we talk, we're gonna get into what's reconciliation. How does God specifically solve the, the problem of wrath and how, how has he drawn us closer to him? Yeah, I can't wait. Thanks for listening. Visit AdventistCityMinistries.com for more resources, including a study guide, reference compilation, and free downloads of our book, The Ephesus Model. You can also listen to other presentations and episodes of this podcast. See the show notes for links and more information. We'll all be moving forward and giving 110%. You know, this is just like every uh, post-game interview. We, we played 110% out there and we, we gave that scripture 110%. Yeah.